Welcome to the Conversations That Matter podcast. My name is John Harris. It is the year of our Lord, 2021, the fifth day of January, a historical day in the annals of our republic. We have a important runoff in the state of Georgia. The whole eyes of the world are on Georgia. Uh, and, and just to see what's going to happen with the balance of power in the Senate. Uh, and then uh, we have tomorrow a very big day with a joint session in Congress to determine what they will do with the Electoral College count. So um, lots going on. We're going to focus on that today. I'm going to talk about uh, the speech last night. I'll show you a few clips from the Trump rally speech uh, and give you some commentary. Um, I think it, it clues us into some things that are happening uh, just because those who have, who have watched Trump uh, over the last few years and are used to kind of his style and what he says. Some of the things he said I thought were pretty revealing. But um, before we get to that, oh, by the way, and tomorrow, I should say this, tomorrow I'm going to be focusing exclusively on social justice and the church stuff. So I know some of you don't like the political stuff as much. Some of you, um, uh, you know, well, I think most people that are on, you know, listening to this podcast are here probably because they want analysis of social justice and the church stuff. So uh, so tomorrow, for all of you who, uh, that, that's your main thing, that's why you listen to me, uh, that, that episode's for you. But right now, um, I think this is important, guys. This is very, very important uh, to um, figure out, uh, what, if, if you don't know yet, if you, if you haven't come to the conclusion, you know, was there voter fraud? I talked about that yesterday on the podcast. And then what to do about it and how to prepare, because I think we are heading for a time of civil unrest. We are in a post-constitutional country at this point, I think. I think we've been there for a while, but we've been under the illusion that the Constitution is important, that we should follow it. Uh, the Constitution is to the United States what the Queen of England is to Great Britain at this point. That's, that's my, seriously, that's my analysis of the situation. Uh, it's been so violated, it's not worth the piece of paper it's printed on. I know that sounds very dismal to some of you, and, and the reason probably is many of us grew up, uh, we, we honor the Constitution, um, Many of us who have inherited kind of the Lincolnian American ideal, especially, we honor the union. We, we almost, some, some, some people take this too far, I'll be honest with you. Some, I hear some conservatives take this way too far uh, and, and almost ascribe deity or some, some you know, they, they take their American exceptionalism to the point that uh, the union is a sacred union, uh, that the Constitution is a sacred document. And, and they're not. The men were not inspired by God in the sense that scripture is inspired by God at all. And, and there's no, it's, it's, it's just smart ideas. It's very smart ideas. But the purpose, and this is one of the things we got to wrangle with, the purpose of the Constitution is to um, protect a mutually benefit, well, to, to create a mutually beneficial alliance of states uh, for mutual protection, for trade, for, it, it's supposed to service the parties to it, which are the states. Uh, but then, um, past the administrative end, it is to secure the blessings of liberty uh, for ourselves and our posterity. And, and I realize that's, not, um, that's more implied in the Constitution. I'm not ripping that uh, phrase from the Constitution. But if you look at the Bill of Rights, uh, the um, civil liberties that we enjoy, those are protected, those, those negative rights um, in the Constitution to fulfill the responsibilities that God has given us. That's why the document's important. The document's not important because of the document itself. The document is a means to an end. The document, the founding fathers would not have thought it that way. I mean, think about it. They, they seceded from Great Britain, right? Um, Great Britain, uh, you know, has a, a treaty with them. Each individual uh, of 13 of the, co of the colonies, Great Britain makes a treaty with each of them. 
They form the Articles of Confederation, and then they all secede again from the Articles of Confederation. Even though in the Articles, it specifically says it's supposed to be perpetual. They secede from it, not working. And then they form the Constitution. And there's this great concern at the time. And for those who don't know this um, about this history, I would encourage you to get to know it. Read uh, some of the Anti-Federalist Papers. Read the Federalist Papers. Um, We focus way too much on the Federalist Papers sometimes, but the Anti-Federalist Papers are just as important. Um, Read what Patrick Henry said about the Constitution and his concerns. Uh, I mean, there were people who were concerned. That's why three of the states, um, uh, New York, Virginia, and I think Rhode Island, if I'm not mistaken, had uh, ratification agreements that say, look, if this union thing doesn't work out for us, we can pull out. Because they were skeptical. They, they knew this was uh, a stronger, they're, they're forming a little bit of a stronger centralized authority, nothing like we have now. But there, there was a concern there that the central authority would usurp the parties that created it in the first place, which are the states. Well, when Lincoln, um, now, of course, these ideas didn't come directly from Lincoln. Lincoln just popularized them. But Lincoln uh, promoted the idea that actually the Union created the states, which is totally backwards. R- Ronald Reagan even disagreed with that. Ronald Reagan said, no, the states created the Union. And and because I think many of us uh, have inherited sort of the, that Lincoln mindset, um, we we look at the Union as the sacred thing. We look at the Constitution as the sacred thing. The Constitution is not a sacred document. It's not a suicide document either. It's just a very, very, very smart arrangement uh, because these men understood biblical principles and they understood how many of the principles that found in the Bible were applied uh, and how, and through trial and error and tradition, how many of the um, governments of the past were formed and what uh, made them either work or not work. And I, I forget which, I think it was uh, John Adams, if I'm not mistaken, I think it was John Adams who said the Constitution itself was designed for a moral and religious people. It's wholly inadequate for any other. So you have this document that's designed for a moral and religious people. It doesn't work for another kind of people. You have George Washington in his farewell address saying the things that bind the union together, the things that make this whole enterprise work are because of common language, common habits, traditions, common religion. Um, are we that nation anymore? Or that country, I should say. Are we that country anymore? I ask you to think about that. Are we that country anymore? Or do we live in a post-constitutional republic? If you want to call it a republic. <laughs> uh, I mean, if our elections, uh, if we don't get to choose the people that even represent us in, all, in, in every case, uh, do we even qualify as a republic anymore? Are they just chosen for us by algorithms? By, um, by computers, by fraud, fraudulent, whoever's able to do the most fraud, that kind of thing. On the local level, this kind of stuff has happened in the past where there have been stolen elections. Uh, there, there was a case um, not even that long ago, I want to say it was, I think it was the 1950s in uh, Tennessee. There was a small town there, and Battle of Athens, it's called. Look it up. Uh, you can go to, um, I think the articles I read uh, on it were on the Abbeville Institute website, the Battle of Athens. And um, you had uh, the men of the town, a lot of them, you know, World War II vets coming back, uh, saw the corruption and saw that they were they were going to tabulate the votes away from the people. And they said no. And they surrounded, I think it was the, the jail. They were going to count the votes in the jail or something. And the, the townspeople surrounded it and they said no. And so we've had this kind of thing on a smaller level. Um, we've had, you know, contested elections before where deals were struck, like in 1876 being the prime example of that. I just posted an article, uh, a very interesting article about that uh, this morning. Um, and by the way, there, there's a lot of misinformation about that. I would go to, uh, I'll put the, the link in the info section, go to um, 
it's it's on my Facebook uh, conversations that matter on Facebook page. Uh, but uh, that's the closest parallel I can think of. But we don't we're in uncharted territory. There really isn't a great example uh, that that is um, that completely parallels what we're seeing today where uh, you have a media blackout, uh, the truth can't you know, get out there, you have to go to all these alternative sources to find it. Uh, you have um, the pressure coming from foreign governments. Uh, we, we see how infiltrated we are now. I mean, I, this morning I think I saw that China is preparing for war. The Epoch Times reported, or Epic Times, depending on your pronunciation. Uh, we've seen um, Swalwell, uh, we've seen, um, uh, was it Boxer, I think, uh, Senator Boxer, uh, or Feinstein, I can't remember which one it was. Uh, that I think it was maybe it was Feinstein that had the her driver was a Chinese spy, uh, and then that release uh, a few weeks ago of all these companies that are infil- infiltrated by CCP members. Um, we have that going on. We have um, World Economic Forum wanting to push the Great Reset. We have. I'm just. I'm not to overwhelm you guys. And I'm not trying to do that. By the way, if you're getting nervous or you're getting overwhelmed, take a breath right now. The Lord Jesus Christ still reigns. Okay. He's reigning from heaven. That doesn't mean bad stuff isn't going to happen on this earth, but it does mean that he knows about it. He knows who you are, and uh, and and you can you can call on him for protection. Uh, he will take care of you the way he takes care of the the sparrows and the lilies of the field. And so, um, I, I would encourage you to do that. Uh, but we have to deal with the realities. If you're out in in nature and you're hiking and there's bears around, you know, it, it, fear can be a healthy thing in that situation. There is a healthy kind of fear. Uh, and so that might make you take some precautions. You might take some bear spray with you or uh, a firearm of some kind, or you might not go to certain areas. Well, we, we are in a situation right now where I think we do need to have a healthy fear and we do need to get involved in the political process. There's no excuse for it th- at this point. Even if you're late to the game, it's time to get involved. Um, and, and that will look different for, for different people. But uh, for me, uh, I'm going to be heading to D.C. tomorrow. I'm going to be... Um, I'm going to be going up there, and uh, we're going to see see what we can do just to promote the size of the crowd, uh, to encourage others who are up there. I mean, I've already called my representatives, told them uh, that I, if you haven't, please call them. Uh, I've told them I don't want them certifying a fraudulent election. I don't want them counting electors from states in which Trump won, but because of fraud, uh, supposedly Biden won. Uh, no, that's the end of the republic as we know it. And um and so I, I, I say all that to say this. We don't know what's going to happen next. And we need to know where we stand. Do we want to live in a country that has the illusion that the Constitution is important, uh, but it's not followed? Or do we want a country where our civil liberties are intact? We may be coming to that choice where the Constitution, and, and I don't know, some of you might say that's dangerous talk. I'm, I'm not promoting violence. I'm not promoting uh, anything uh, specifically at all. Not, not if th- those who say that about me are lying about me or ripping things out of context, because that's not what I'm promoting at all. Um, what I'm saying is that um, there could be a possibility that all the institutions that we have had faith in uh, and trust uh, will fail us just about. And um, it could be, uh, and I'm not saying it will, I don't know, but it could be that we arrive in a situation where um, the president or uh, those around him decide to take uh, action which would shock everyone at this point, uh, and they perhaps uh, seize the machines, 
to prove the fraud and he refuses to concede even after inauguration day. We could arrive in that. I don't know. There's a, there's a lot of different scenarios that could play out. And what we want, we, we want to avoid that. What we want is for our representatives to accurately represent us, to do the right thing in this situation, to prevent something like that from happening. Uh, because look, put yourself in Donald Trump's shoes. Um, and this isn't even about Trump. So don't, don't get hung up on the personalities and nothing to do with Trump, but put yourself in anyone's shoes. If they were the president and they realized they were cheated out of an election, mass fraud, foreign interference, and, uh, compromise people around him in both parties. Uh, this is not, uh, election fraud so much as it is treason. This is treason. Look up what the Constitution says about treason. So um, I'm, I'm not giving you specifics, and I realize that, but I'm encouraging you to think through possibilities of what could possibly happen in the coming weeks and to be ready for them. That's all. It's always smart to be ready. It's always smart. And I've said this many times. I've said this since COVID started. Hey, make sure you got some food. Make sure you got some water. Make sure you have a means to a way to protect yourself. At the very minimum, you should have all that uh, at the very minimum. Uh, maybe a ham radio, maybe um, all the things that whether or not we were in this kind of a situation or not, you would want to have. Uh, use encrypted communication online. Um, there's there's some apps that do that now. So um, there you go. Uh, <laughs> not to freak everyone out. But uh, so, yes, um, that that is I want I wanted to say that. And uh, let's let's go through some of the comments the president made uh, last night now. And I want to. We, we, I can't make hard and fast predictions. Um, I, I will say there's some things that have, uh, from some trusted sources, that have, things that I've been told in the last few days that inspire me to say what I just said. Um, there have been some, uh, some things I've heard that are frankly shocking. And I, you know, it, it, they aren't things that I can readily share, but I can share what's publicly available. And what's publicly available uh, is what the president said last night. And I think he dropped some hints to us. And I want to, um, for those who are curious about maybe what could possibly happen and where we're headed, uh, I think this will be important. So here's how the president opened his speech last night at a rally in Georgia supporting uh, Loeffler and Purdue. Well, I want to thank you very much. Hello, Georgia. By the way, there's no way we lost Georgia. There's no way. The rig that was a rigged election, but we're still fighting it, and you'll see what's going to happen. We'll talk about it, and uh, I just want to thank you. This is some crowd. You know, uh, Biden was here today also. They had 14 people in three cars. No, there was no way, and I just want to thank you. You know, I've had two elections. I won both of them. It's amazing. And, and I actually did much better on the second one. Okay, that's a guy who does not show any sign that he is going to concede uh, whatsoever. Uh, it, it sounds to me like he wants, I mean, he, he wants to stir the crowd up to be motivated to keep fighting. He's in campaign mode still. That's significant. I think the, the media knows this. They're watching this. They were there. Uh, the other side knows this, and I think it scares them because there are so many people that are loyal to Trump and not the Republican Party. In fact, I think so much so that this is probably what's forced uh, Loeffler and Purdue to um, now all of a sudden at the last minute, especially Loeffler, because she was kind of people didn't know what she was going to say. Is she going to challenge the electoral count? And I think it forced them to have to do that because 
the the crowd is more loyal to Trump because they trust Trump. It's not. This is one of the things I think those on the, uh, the social justice side and Christianity don't seem to even understand. It's not like they like Trump because uh, he um, uh, is such a immoral man, or <laughs> they they seem to think that that's almost what attracts people, or they they don't just excuse those things because it's Trump. Maybe some do, but that, that's that, that's beside the point. The main reason that people have a connection with Trump is because on the issue, the main issues that seem to be the fundamental things that matter most to people right now, the greatest challenges, uh, Trump is on the right side of them. And they've been able to watch Trump over the past four years, and they see that he doesn't play the same political games. They see that he actually does try to fight for them and fight for the things he believes in more than other presidents have. They've developed a trust for him. They've separated him. He's not part of the quote-unquote swamp. Now, I will note, Obama tried to do this. Obama tried to pull this off, that no matter what happened, uh, if, if something negative took place, it was never his fault. It was always forces outside of his control, big business forces. Uh, and so he never took responsibility for anything. And so he tried to create a separation between himself and everyone else, right? And Trump um, has pulled that off in a, in a more honest way and in a way that actually is, is greater than Obama could have ever imagined. Uh, he is most of the Republican Party. I mean, as far as loyalty is concerned, if they had to choose, am I going to vote for Trump or the Republican Party? I think most registered Republicans would go for Trump at this point, and that scares the establishment. So just realize that. Trump knows the capital he has. He knows um, the greatest asset he has is the loyalty of voters and the loyalty of, of even Republican Party members. He has it within his power to destroy that party if he wants to. And I, 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 I know he knows that. And he's going to use that. And, um, and and it's smart to try to use that. Um, he uses that with, uh, I, I think Kelly uh, Loeffler and Purdue see that. And normally th these guys who aren't, they're, I mean, they're kind of rhino-ish. Uh, but they're going to they're gonna back Trump on this stuff because they need him to even have a chance of getting elected. For example, this is what Loeffler said after she was introduced by the president. So that uh, could have been said a month ago, but it was not. It was said last night. People were speculating up until even last night would, would uh, Leffler um, uh, object to the count uh, on Wednesday. And uh, now she's saying she will. And I think this is a, a, sort of a last-ditch effort uh, because she knows that the polling's not good and the corruption in Georgia because of uh, what they did um, as evidenced by the presidential election uh, is not good either. And uh, she could very well uh, end up losing. And this is something to um, to give to those who are the most ardent supporters, not just of President Trump, but election integrity to say that she shares their concerns. And that's actually a good thing. I know, you know, some Christians don't like politics um, because it's a it's a dirty profession kind of right. There's so much corruption. And so there is a lot of corruption. Uh, but the, these are the rules we abide by. These are the things that govern uh, whether or not we will have our civil liberties uh, and how they will be exercised, etc. And so it is important. And this is this is a, this is a good thing, even if she's uh, it's about more than anything else, compromise. It used to be and moving policy, uh, trying to get to achieve certain ends. And and that's the art of politics. And um, even if someone that doesn't necessarily agree with you is willing to support what you believe in, that's that's not a bad thing. 
So um, interesting. Uh, I, I just think that shows the power that Donald Trump has. Now, I think one thing Donald Trump did brilliantly uh, in this particular venue was he expressed the needs and fears of his constituents very well. I think he actually gets it. Like, I really think he actually gets it. Uh, check this out. Here's what he said. Your religious liberty will be gone. Your Second Amendment will be gone. Your borders and great new wall will be gone. Your police departments will be gone as we know them. And your life savings will be gone. Will be like a large scale version of so many other countries that you look at. That are poverty. America as you know it will be over. And it will never, I believe, be able to come back again. It'll be too far gone. Your vote tomorrow could lose, and it could be your last chance to save the America that we love. That's why I'm here. I don't want to do rallies for other people. I told you. I'm here because of that, because of David and Kelly. The far left wants to destroy our country, demolish our history, and erase everything that we hold dear. This could be the most important vote you will ever cast for the rest of your life. It really could be. This is so important. He even said this. I will tell you this, if we don't do something fast, there will never be another fair election in America. Listen to how black and white that language is. He, 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 this isn't the only place he even says it. Listen to this. It will be permanent and will be irreversible. Can't let it happen. Nothing and no one will be able to stop them. The Senate seats are truly the last line of defense. Now, I must preface that by saying because they'll say, he just conceded. No, no, I don't concede. This is why when you hear someone say, well, Trump can just try again in four years, they are revealing a hidden assumption. That hidden assumption is that there really wasn't that widespread voter fraud. That's what they're saying. And, and this is, um, I've seen something, there's, there's a huge difference here, in my opinion. Uh, I've just seen this breakdown. This is just me and my observation, but there's a huge difference between people who are kind of political science guys and then historians. There, there's just, there's a, in the conservative world, there's a huge difference between those two. People who are playing politics all the time are constantly trying to think about what does the media think? What, what's our image? We want to make our image look good. It's all, all about that. We're past that. That's living in the past when someone, uh, I'm not saying image doesn't matter at all, but I'm saying that the image is very secondary. Uh, people are actually concerned about truth. Uh, enough people are, at least, that it, it is the base of the Republican Party at this point. Uh, they're concerned about the fact that they were just cheated out of an election and, uh, and there's treason, and this will just be um, exacerbated if it's allowed to continue. There's no way Trump can win in four years. I mean, how would he win? We, you know, you could try, but how are you going to do it uh, if, if this kind of thing is allowed to stand? Because the Democrats figured out how they can do it, and they'll just keep doing it. So um, that's why that argument makes no sense. And so when you hear someone say that, you can immediately ask them, so do you think their voter fraud was significant enough to um, steal the presidential election? Because if they say... Uh, yes, it was. Then say, well, why in the world then would you think Trump would be interested? I wouldn't want to, why, why would anyone want to, uh, even in a sports situation, why would you want to compete when you know the deck is stacked against you and you, there's no way you can win, which is what that would pretty much mean. So I think Trump is spot on here. He understands where the people are coming from and what they're feeling. 
And that's why he's in touch. And those who are in the political consulting class are completely out of touch uh, when they say things like that. So uh, that, that was, it's interesting to me. And, and he did a really good job, I thought. Um, and look, I'm, I didn't vote for Trump in 2016. It's almost, it's, it's, it, for me, this has been quite, I did not like Trump at all. Um, and to see, you know, someone explained this to me the other day. They were kind of with me in 2016. And I asked them, I said, so what, what changed? Why, why did you vote for Trump in 2020? And for them, they said, well, look, it's, it's not so much, yes, Trump is wrong on some issues uh, that I care about. But they said, it's not so much um, those issues, though, that are the ones that matter uh, in 2020, 2021. Uh, the issues that matter now are much more vital uh, I mean, we, we are staring down the barrel of international communism uh, in the form of the Great Reset. We, we are looking at glo- a globalist uh, utopia, dystopia, really, uh, that is being foisted upon us using COVID, using BLM, uh, using all sorts of other things. We're looking down the barrel of the CCP, Chinese Communist Party, and Trump is right on those issues. And because he's so right on those issues, even if he's wrong on some other issues, those other issues probably are not, there's not going to be a lot of significant, significant movement there, but he gets the issues that in 2021 seem to matter. And I think that honestly, for a lot of people, it's not much more complicated than that. Um, and, and, and this is one of the issues that truly matters. And Trump has a good command of the subject. Uh, and this is what I, I was impressed with this. Now I, I didn't, I'm not going to play the whole clip, but he goes over example after example of voter fraud in this speech. And, and, and here's just a little clip. This is some of what he said. There is clear evidence that tens of thousands of votes were switched from President Trump to former Vice President Biden in several counties throughout Georgia. For example, in Bibb County, anybody live in Bibb County? Bibb, 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 B-I-B-B. President Trump was reported to have 29,391 votes at 9-11 p.m., while simultaneously former Vice President Joe Biden was reported to have 17,218. Minutes later at the next update, these vote numbers switched, with President Trump now having 17,000 and Biden now having 29,391. That was a switch of over 12,000 votes. It was like a miracle. Third, during this hearing, A presenter demonstrated that a Dominion poll could be hacked into in real time because it was connected to the Internet. So Trump has a pretty good command of the facts in this. Now, here's here's the interesting part to me. Now, I'm going to give you uh, give you give you give you a little bit of a perspective here. I grew up in upstate New York, but I was close enough to the city. I knew a lot of New York City businessmen or people that had moved from New York City, grew up there and were businessmen in my area, worked for them. Trump exudes, I don't know if it's an Italian thing, I don't know what, I mean, he's not Italian, but it, it, he exudes that New York City businessman uh, mentality. And he's done that for a while. And, and I'll give you a few features of that, you know, exaggerating. Uh, the rest of the country thinks it's lying, but for them, uh, it's, it's often, it's exaggeration, this bluster that they exude. I mean, it's part of the negotiation process. They tend to um, uh, manipulate situations, or if you want to say influence situations, to pick a nicer word, uh, they tend to do that by issuing threats in, and they, they communicate to you in such a way that you know if you do one thing that they like, you'll be rewarded. If you don't, you'll be punished. And they know how to tell you that without telling you that. It's, it's unique. It's, 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 I mean, not that people in other parts of the country don't do that too, but in New York City, 
And New York City businessmen, I've just noticed that's they they just really know how to do that. And then when they're mad at you, when you chose wrong, oh, they'll let you know it. <laughs> and they will, it, it becomes a personal thing sometimes. Um, and they'll turn the heat up to 10. Now, Trump does all of this and, and he reveals some things. Now, number, he, he talks about Mike Pence, Mike Lee, and the governor and secretary of state of Georgia. The governor and the secretary of state of Georgia, he's turning the heat up to 10. Basically, they, they're beyond redemption at this point in his mind. He, they can't be saved from the wrath he will bring. He's, he's going to personally come and he'll primary them. Um, but will he actually do that? Uh, I mean, I think he probably will. But I think this is also, this is, again, New York City businessman uh, type of move. Turning the heat up so far that they they freak out. Wait a minute. He's going to come and try to primary us? He's going to remember this two years from now? Maybe I should do what he wants. The other two people, and, and, and Trump doesn't waste time on people he has no influence over. So I, I think that's why he's doing this. The other person um, that he uh, goes after in a, in a way is Mike Lee. Mike Lee's there in the audience. He does this in front of Mike Lee. So everything's out in the open. But giving him a smile, hey, we disagree, but that's all right. Kind of, kind of giving him the, hey, if you come back into my good graces, then, uh, you know, I, I, I you know, I, I'm not really that mad at you. But, uh, but I, but he, but he's saying I'm mad at you. I'm mad at you right now. So, but he, he, he shows that there's still a relationship there. There's still a possibility of working things out. And then Mike Pence. This is the most interesting one. When, when you watch the clip of Mike Pence, think to yourself. Uh, is Mike Pence reliable? Now, this has been something that's been debated for like the last week on Twitter and social media. Uh, could you, can, can we count on Mike Pence, right? Uh, and Lynn Wood's been the main voice, I think, on Twitter saying, trying to insinuate that Mike Pence is involved in some nefarious activity um, along with some other uh, individuals. And, um, and I have had some communication with uh, someone that I trust, actually a few people um, uh, that... I would consider somewhat trustworthy that lead, leads me to believe there's more to this um, behind the scenes and uh, that there, there may be something to Mike Pence not being able to be trusted. But Trump is going to try to convince Mike Pence to do the right thing because he, he, he insinuates uh, that, that Mike Pence is not someone that can be counted on. But look how he does it. Look how he does it. Basically, you know, Mike Pence, uh, you know, you, um, I love you. You're going to shoot straight. We, we, you're going to do the right thing. But if you don't, I'll be mad at you. He, that's kind of what he does. Uh, so, so he can kind of get away with it with, oh, I'm just kind of, I'm just, you know, joking kind of, but he's not joking. Um, this is on purpose. And this does give you a window into the dynamic, I think, at the White House, that Trump and Mike Pence are on two different wavelengths on this. And Trump feels the need at this rally to have to call out Mike Pence and to even lather him up a bit with, oh, Mike, Mike wouldn't let us down, would you, Mike? You know, to, to, he's communicating to the audience that actually Mike Pence might not be able to be trusted in this. And, and Trump was anticipating it so that if things don't go the way that uh, some think they should go tomorrow, that Mike Pence... Uh, and Mike Pence doesn't do what some think he should do as he's tabulating the vote. Um, it was expected. It was, you know, it wasn't something that was unexpected. And Trump sort of, he, you know, he's still in this. That's why I said, I think, to, I don't know how it's all going to shake out, but I think tomorrow is the beginning. It's still, it's not the end of this uh, election integrity battle. So uh, here are the clips. But I'm going to be here in a year and a half. And I'm going to be campaigning against your governor and your crazy secretary of state. That I can tell you. 
And Mike Lee is here too, but I'm a little angry at him today. Where's Mike Lee? Where is he? I'm a little angry at you today, but that's all. I hope Mike Pence comes through for us, I have to tell you. I hope that our great vice president, our great vice president comes through for us. He's a great guy. Of course, if he doesn't come through, I won't like him quite as much. No, Mike is a great guy. He's a, he's a, he's a wonderful man and a, a smart man and a man that I like a lot. But he's going to have a lot to say about it. And he, you know one thing with him, you're going to get straight shots. He's going to call it straight. So Donald Trump there giving instructions to his own vice president at a Georgia rally, telling him what he wants him to do, shoot straight. So... Um, interesting. I hope I hope some of this analysis uh, benefited you. Give give you a little peek behind the curtain. I think Trump Trump was doing that, and uh, and I and I hope um, you can kind of see kind of how things are playing out. So if you're 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 paying attention to the political situation, this was hopefully kind of helpful. Uh, tomorrow again, I will be focusing more on social justice in the church type stuff. And I want to thank all of you. I'm going to say this again tomorrow, but um, for all all your support. Uh, the financially, uh, through your prayers, through your notes, just everything. Um, I'm overwhelmed, and I don't deserve it. And some of the, the generous gifts that I've gotten over the last few days, I mean, some of you know that I've been considering whether or not I should keep this part-time business I run. And um, and this has just shown me that maybe maybe I shouldn't. Maybe maybe this is this is the uh, the time to um, at least temporarily devote my time to the social justice uh, issue in Christianity uh, and some of the side uh, projects I've told you about. Um, and some of those should be coming out very soon. But uh, um, I just want to thank you. I, I, if, if I even had the permission to name all of you, I wouldn't be able to uh, with the time we have on this podcast, just because there's so many of you who've been very generous. And I appreciate that. And uh, and one of the main things I wanted to thank you for was this, um, for the Nini's Deli documentary. Uh, we're over $5,000 now that we've raised within two weeks uh, to shoot this. I think it'll cost about 10000 uh, but that's incredible. Um, and if you don't know about that, watch my interview with Juan Riesco uh, or go to um, uh, the, the website. I'll put it in the info section, the Give, Send, Go, and you can check that out uh, as well there. So um, I wanted to, uh, to also mention this. Um, I'm going to mention this on the next episode. If you order today, which is the 5th or the 6th, I have a special offer on Social Justice Goes to Church. I was not expecting to do this. Uh, but I, so I ordered um, copies of Scott uh, David Allen's book, Why Social Justice is Not Biblical Justice. And I got them in two shipments. And I, for some reason, I thought, okay, I'm, I've got my shipment. That's it. Um, but then another box came of like 40. So uh, I, I have some inventory I got to get rid of. Um, and so I've decided, uh, I did this uh, last month. I said, all right, uh, if you order, I think it was on the 16th and 17th, on those particular days, you order this book, Social Justice Goes to Church, go to socialjusticegoestochurch.com or worldviewconversation.com. If you order that, I'll send you a copy of uh, of this book as well. And so you, so you get two, you know, for the price of one. And it's an autographed copy that I have uh, that uh, of Social Justice Goes to Church. So, I mean, that's pretty good. Five bucks for shipping, $15, 20 bucks totally. Get two books. That, that's pretty good. Uh, I'm not really making much off this, uh, if anything, actually. I've... Uh, some of some of the orders I fulfilled uh, through Amazon actually uh, because I, I thought that I was out of um, I was out of these, and, uh, and and my intention is to get these into the hands of as many people as possible. You know that's my goal. So um, 
so that happened and uh and many of you took advantage of that by the way if you don't it, everything's been shipped out some of some of you have had some problems with the mail i've had problems with the mail and i've shipped out things multiple times um uh with, with just a handful of you i think i can count it on one hand of of the thousand probably now you know thousands uh over a thousand at least uh, you know orders that i filled but um there's there's uh there there's more uh uh, books um, out there in the mail, I think, currently, because I think the last shipment I did was like two weeks ago. So you should get those this week. I think if you don't, by the end of this week, you can contact me, say, hi, I haven't gotten my order yet. Uh, but I, I'm going to extend. Uh, today's the 5th, so the 5th and the 6th. If you order, um, again, uh, and, and this is, you know, for, for those who have already ordered this, you might want to just consider getting one to give to your pastor, getting one as a gift, uh, it's just a good deal, and, and these, this deal is not coming around again. Uh, so if you order this, this one, socialjusticegoestochurch.com on the 5th or the 6th, I will include this for free. You get both. Uh, last, last time I'm doing this. <laughs> I wasn't expecting to do it, but I, I do need to get rid of some of this inventory. So um, I, I, I hope many of you will take advantage of that. And, and again, thank you so much for the generosity of so many of you. Uh, it, does, it means a great deal, guys. And I know you're doing it for the kingdom. You're doing it um, because of uh, many of you, because you appreciate me shining a light on some of the stuff going on in the church uh, that is uh, not orthodox, that is false teaching, that is uh, just erroneous, that kind of thing. Uh, and I will continue to do that. Um, so uh, if, for those who are coming to D.C., uh, I, I've already let my Patreon number, uh, members know, uh, those who are on Patreon, that if they want to contact me, I've given an avenue to do that there. Um, if, uh, if you're someone who has my email and you're going to be there, feel free to email me. I don't know how often I'll be able to check it, but I will try. And uh, I'd love to meet some of you. So, um, so you know, maybe, maybe we'll, we'll touch base there. But uh, until then, God bless and uh, hope that was helpful. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.